Hello there. We're Vincent Elliott McNally. Yes, the great-great-grandsons of map-making mogul, Rand McNally. We've recently released our family's first almanac in over 50 years, and now we're setting out on a new journey. Using Rand's old travel journal as our guide, we're visiting his 20 all-time favorite towns. We'll be counting down the greats as given by our great-great-grandfather and want you, the listener, to come along for the ride. In a show we call These Parts, a podcast putting towns on the map. Listeners, welcome again to another episode of these parts. Of course, I am one of your hosts, Elliot McNally. With me, as always, is my co-host, my brother, Vince McNally. Vince, this week we are in a town that has really put me in a sportsman mood. It's bringing out the sportsman, and that, that's not the right word, the athlete in me. That's what I meant to say. Now, Ellie, yeah, I could tell. I could tell your leotard is, I have you worn it recently? Or not since you were a child? No, not since our uh, gymnastics class have I worn this leotard. But it really, being this town, put me in the mood. Elliot, I can tell. I'm sure our listeners know that we aren't the most uh, athletic forward duo, but we do complement each other in a lot of different ways. Of course, Vince, where you lack the physical stamina and strength to participate in any sporting events, you do have a lot of know-how and intellectualism of the strategy of sports, and I'm kind of the exact opposite. Yeah, we make a pretty good team, I would say, uh, and it was really fortunate, um, mostly made possible by our family's considerable fortune, but mm-hmm. our high school football team allowed us to play one position as two people. And so, yeah. but before the snap, I would be the quarterback, and then yes. we'd switch, and we'd run off the field, and uh, a lot of protests by the visiting teams, but... We kind of made up one person, as you said, when I got that ball, you were the brains behind the operation. I'm sure you've, listeners have heard the phrase, you know, bringing a knife to a gunfight. And I was always kind of guilty of bringing a knife to a football game. Um, not because I wanted to hurt anybody, but but because I would just forget that it was a football we needed to play with it instead of a knife. And then also the knife that you kept in your sock. Yes, that's that was a different knife, though. We digress, but we should egress and progress into the town that we're visiting today because not only is it sportlich, as the Germans would say, but it's also historical. And I think it's at that intersection that it really becomes interesting, at least as it relates to our own great-great-grandfather. And that's a town, Vince, that I think we should put on the map. So listeners, take out your commemorative medallion hole-fitted wall maps and unslate the medallion that resembles... A leather sack of marbles. By the way, we're still kind of workshopping the name of this map and the medallions. I had pitched the uh, special edition Rand McDallions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just so you listeners know, if your credit card has already been charged for one of these, it will be charged multiple more times if we decide to change the name and re-release it. Yeah, don't. Before you point the finger, point it at the United States tax system. It's them. Mm -hmm. It's not us. So whatever your medallion is called, looks like, or is labeled, please take it out. Get ready to put it in the die-cut hole where Clybourne, Connecticut is. Vince, tell us about Clybourne, Connecticut. Clybourne, Connecticut is the 19th most important town to our great-great-grandfather and the next stop on our journey through his own travel journal detailing the important towns of his past. More importantly, it is where... Our great-great-grandfather 
spent his athletic career short as it was. Less than a year, but an important year. Because Clybourne is the home and still current seat of power for sports, the way they were originally meant to be played. Yes, here in Clybourne, every sport, no matter what it is, is played the old-fashioned way. Original rules, original, well, some original players, most of them are dead, but if a sport is being played, it's going to be played the way it was meant to be. Rand, of course, was the quarterback when he was here for the Clybourne Kodiaks, the Leatherheads football team, but there's a myriad amount of other sports that are played just in that same ilk. Here with us today to talk about all that and more are two members of the sporting community in town. Can you guys introduce yourselves? Hello, boys. Elliot, Vince, looking strapping as usual. Good arms on both of you. My name is Chumley Julius, and I'm here with my partner in crime. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Claire. It's Clam de Shaw. Is that Clam de Shaw? Clam da. Clam da is my first name. Shaw is my last <laughs> name. Not as you would anticipate, but very interesting. We'll have to talk about the etymology of that later on after the show. Chumley and Clam da, you two are, to say cultural paragons does not go far enough, not in the least. So thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join us. And if you would do the honors of slotting this medallion into the oversized... Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) The the hole that it's used to hold the medallions, please. Clamda, would you like to do the honors? Oh, yeah. Ooh, wow. This is heavy. And you threw it across the room. You have a great arm on you. Perfect discus form. That's my gentle setting. Uh, So can can you guys tell us about what sports you guys are affiliated with and what your relationship is our main role here in Clybourne is game masters yes we organize all of the games that are played here we uh, cast out the teams based on the population of the town and this happens every year you are put on a new team and you are put into a new sport which you must master or face certain doom. Certain yeah, doom. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, we both have specialties in our game master duties. So uh, I am in charge of morale. So I make sure that everybody likes the, the sport that they're doing, even if they really don't. And I am in charge of morals. Uh, I make sure that if anyone's doing a poor job, which is immoral at their sport, that they are the first to go in the gladiator games at the end of the year where we take all the worst players and we put them in my favorite version of boxing which is the gladiator sports of ancient rome the original uh, make boxing. them fight to the death and everyone dies all participants die even the winner vince please listen when i say everyone dies well that must be terrible for the next season's draft it's a boon I think I think it's very exciting. It uh, makes people do better. Yeah, I yeah. I don't. My, I'm hands off at that point. I don't have to do anything. She just sits back and watches and enjoys. Yep. So in terms of morale, people don't mind uh, dying, clammed up. Oh no no no! It's uh, very exciting. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> it's like mm, I want to say probably 
Clyborne's happiest time of the year. Uh, <laughs> just because, you know, mm, something different. I don't have to play sports anymore. Which, I mean, you should like playing sports, but I don't know. Sometimes people just fall out of it. You know what I mean? Mm, that's why well, I'm there. You should like playing sports, especially in a town as sporting as Clyborne, Connecticut. Oh, yeah, but you would be surprised. I mean, kids these days, they're just like, mm, I want to do art. I want to, you know, fix mm. the sewage of this town. But I got to say, no, keep playing sports sports yes kids these days Ooh, i want to i don't want to follow in my father's footsteps i want to move out of this town please let me leave please let me leave oh i'm so sick of it and we say well, who's gonna race the penny farthings this year no one <laughs> who's going to take care of your mother yeah Clam, he's mother? talking about basketball <laughs> basketball's our mom yes. complex questions answered by a complex social system and one that i think is important elliot because hmm. sports used to mean something in this country. It was about hard work. It wasn't about the glitz and the glamour. It was about, you know, seamstresses and men on the packing line after a long day at the factories giving their all on the football field or maybe on the basketball court. There's a little bit of motivation and then there's a little bit of a different kind of motivation where you're threatened with mortal harm. And I think that's really what America's all about. I think to play sports the old-fashioned way in Clybourne, Connecticut, you have to be ingrained in it. You have to be in the know-how. And in order to be in the know-how, you have to walk the walk, but you also have to talk the talk, Vince. You absolutely do. And to talk about how we talk to talk, let's go to a segment we call Say What? I love that inflection you put on that segment, Vince. These are things that we talked about for the first two seasons that we wanted to come back and retool for the third, the, the, that one of which was the inflection that we put on the different segment titles. I think we were really lacking inflection, but that's something that that the these parts of tomorrow doesn't have to worry about. But what we should worry about is all of the insider baseball, and I use that as a term that reflects the term itself. These are the sayings that go along with the sports that maybe the general listening public just wouldn't know what the heck it meant. So Chumley and Clamda, can you give us an example of this? If you're new to the town, what are these words or phrases or lingo that you might hear when, when talking about certain sporting events? Um, one of my favorite sayings that people, you'll, you'll often hear anyone saying this, perhaps you'll go into one of the local bakeries and someone will look at you and say, that's a Good one. That's a, it seems like a very straightforward phrase, but it, if you unpack it, is there some sort of hidden meaning? Well, yeah. So, did anyone has anyone said that to you? Walked in perhaps to a local uh, French bakery, and we have a lot of bakeries in this town. And someone said, "Like, oh, thank, welcome to the French bakery. That's a good one." I have heard that. I have heard that multiple times, and I was in multiple different bakeries. All We've French. Been here about a week. It's a bakery a day sort of thing. See, what I like about it is it sounds like it's a compliment, but it's an insult. What they're doing is they're saying that um, you would be very quickly stabbed by a lion in the battlefield of the gladiator games at the end of the year. Uh, based on your physique, maybe perhaps your, the cowardice in your eyes, whatever they can see. And we are very perceptive here. Both of those are valid descriptions of me. Well, one of my favorites, uh, local local slang, is, um, 
Okay, so let's say you're walking down the street. You see the mailman. The mailman has on a lot of uh, knee pads, but like leather, leather. Very knee specific pads. scenario you're describing here, but yes. <laughs> and the mailman looks at you dead in the eye, and he waves, and he says, "Good weather." Now, okay, so what is that? What does that mean to you? Uh, he's commenting on maybe if it's sunny or if it's rainy, somewhere in between. Fair point, fair point. Um, Something an idiot would say for sure. Mm-hmm. But no matter, you're wrong. Yeah, what he's really saying is you would be one of the first to die in the Gladiator Games. <laughs> wow, it seems like the Gladiator Games is really in the back of everyone's mind, no matter what sport they play here. <laughs> yeah. So not a lot of people know this, but back in the day, the Gladiator Games and the Colosseums of ancient Rome were actually the original Christmas time. And so everyone gears up for Christmas just like they gear up for the gladiator games here, except for we don't have Christmas because we don't believe in God. Well, I, I assume seeing so many of your peers getting murdered every year, you would not believe in God after a while. Uh, that sounds like an insult that to believe in God, you have to not be killing people. Are you saying that Shirley would be one of the first to die in the Gladiator games? Is that what I'm hearing right now? No, I mean, if he's survived this long, then he must be doing something right. Thank you. It seems like, I. this is a layman's opinion, but it seems like, I like the old adage goes that the native communities of Canada have many ways to describe the word snow. Uh, we here in Clybourne, Connecticut, have many ways to describe the sport-based ritual on which many lose their lives. On a yearly basis. Sorry to correct you here, Vince, but it's all, not many, all lose their lives. <laughs> every single one. Such is life. Starting off with a clean mm-hmm. slate every year, every season, a new roster. Yes, it's actually quite beautiful. Oh, yes. Oh. Have we in this uh, this uh, interview talked about the opening ceremonies yet? We have oh, not. Opening ceremony. So this is a seasonal thing you do. The opening ceremonies is like our our New Year's because uh, we don't have New Year's here. We don't believe in time. Um, mm-hmm. So the, uh, the opening ceremonies are uh, when we introduce the next group that is going to play in the teams in the sports that year. But uh, uh, you know. We all know that they will all be murdered by the end of the year when the Gladiator Games come around. Uh, so the opening ceremonies are, are really just a, a joyous celebration. Um, everyone. Yes, everyone from every district, District 1, District 2, all the way to District 12, are all going to be there. It's just it's a beautiful array of pageantry and uh, fresh young bodies to compete in the games. Oh, yes. Trilly and I get all dressed up for it, too. Yeah, I, I love your purple wig that you have Thank on. you. And that's an animatronic... Vest, Chumley. <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's more of a practical effect, just let me know. I don't mean any insult by that. No, yes, uh, Clamda uh, uh, designed this uh, vest. You'll see that mm. it is pulsating as if inside of me there is a demon about to burst forth. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, Trilly, but that is an actual demon that I've sewed into that vest. I didn't know, and I am delighted to find out. Yes, yeah, it. It takes some work, but opening games only come once a year. It seems like you like you guys put so much effort into reorganizing everybody's skill set to pair with a different sport every year, baseball, basketball, hockey, what have you, even though they're all funneling into this gladiator games. I, I, I just want to know, you know, what's the 
what's the point of putting all that effort into it if they're all just going to compete in the same game at the end of the year? For fun. Yeah, it's about the journey, not the destination. Elliot, let me tell you something about sports, and this is something that only a tactical mind, as you said, would be able to Wait, g- hold on. Complain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Have you guys, I'm, I'm not sure, because that's like a local colloquialism. Um, have you guys ever heard anyone say that? It's about the journey, not the destination? <laughs> I never have. Do you know no. what that means? I read it on a needlepoint once. I'm not certain what it means. I am saying that you both would die first <laughs> in the gladiator. I had a sneaking suspicion that you look maybe very what it weak meant. to me. <laughs> yeah, you've been you've been taking our measurements and, and squeezing various muscles of ours the entire time we've been interviewing you. These are the leanest I've ever seen. <laughs> and every time you have, you've just always been overcome by this look of disapproval. You've tutted. There's a lot of tutting. And then mm. balefully <laughs> shaking of the head. <laughs> tut, 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 tut. tut. Dead. We've been through this before. We've, we're outsiders. We're strangers in a strange land, and we're not mm-hmm. robust enough to fit into these customs here. And that's okay, because we can't fit in everywhere, even if our great-great-grandfather could. And uh, I'm glad that he participated before the Gladiator Games must have been founded, because he lived many years after the year that he spent here, as far as we know, at least. Uh, that said, I'm curious, Elliot. If we're talking about the sayings that make this town what it is, what are the sort of ways that we celebrate here? You know, you've got your booing, you've got your cheering, sometimes a body whistle at a sporting event. Is it any different here in Clybourne? Very true. I I mean, in ancient gladiator times, a, a cheer would have been a thumbs down to signify that you wanted someone to die. But what do you guys do here uh, to cheer at a at a sporting event. Yes, for all the pre games, your basketballs and your baseballs and your uh, penny farthing races. Mm-hmm. These these things, um, you must, as an audience member, you are expected to sit in complete silence. There are many sporting police walking the stands, and they are carrying decibel meters. And if it raises, they will find you, and they will put you into the gladiator games as a (laughs) surprise edition and trust me those people always die first so if they're handheld applause meters of these almost sports gestapo i'll call them if they see these readings start to go off the charts then they will pluck you from the audience immediately yes you guys must not have attended a game i know that these are usually used at the normal sporting events to uh to coax laughter, <laughs> laughter and joy and mirth out of the audience. And most outsiders are usually very, very much confused by this. As soon as that applause meter goes up on the screen, they're, they're screaming and they're yelling. And then they're screaming and yelling for a different reason as we cut them off into the dungeons. Yes. And, you know, I, I will say that that is what has made us such a perceptive people, Elliot and Vince, is because we cannot show our emotion through noise most of our lives because we are spending upwards of eight hours a day at these games. <laughs> so uh, that is why we do notice everything, because that is the only way we can communicate most of the day. You know what? I'm starting to understand, Elliot. When we looked on the map and we saw denotated that it was America's largest operating penal colony i was confused originally originally i thought that can't be right they must mean largest operating fencing colony or some other sport maybe that i wasn't familiar with but i think all the pieces are falling into place and perhaps we should place another piece of history's puzzle onto the board as we investigate rand's original take on this interesting town in a segment we call random thoughts 
Now, listeners, of course, we all were fans of the segment in its original iteration. Wouldn't you like to know when Vince and I released the press release that said we were going to convert this segment into half reading from Rand's journal and half an audience write-in? There was some backlash and there was some praise. There was praise as high as New York Times crossword puzzle editor Will Shorts wanting to put random thoughts as an answer to one of his crossword puzzles all the way down to death threats from New York Times crossword puzzle editor Will Shorts. I don't know why he changed his mind, but he did. It's impossible to say, as you said, Elliot, plenty of backlash, but plenty of front lash as well. And it's on the on the ebb of that front lash that we embrace reading from Rand's old journal. I'm interested to hear what our great-great-grandfather had to say about his first journey through Clybourne. Elliot, why don't you peel open those ancient pages and we'll take a read. I will. And listeners, at this point, you can do that on your own at home with your blank copy of Rand's journal that has been laminated several times. This is, again, just a prop for you to follow along with. Once we have released our entire season, we will send you the full annotated copy. But for now, do not use this book for any other purpose other than a prop to follow along with us. With that being said, here is Rand's little excerpt from town number 19 on his list, Clybourne, Connecticut. Uh, This must have been, Vince, before uh, a big game of some sort. There's several nude drawings of men a la Rose from Titanic. Mm. Um, I think he was in the locker room when he was writing this. (laughs) And he says, everyone is hard and raring to go. I cannot (laughs) wait. It must be the old time lingo. Uh, He says, "I I cannot wait to take on the field. For today, we are challenging our arch rivals in a game of... Football. Yeah, I like that the eyes are dotted with hearts. That's interesting to me. The the eyes of the men that he drew are also hearts. And then there's a big heart surrounding one of the of the central figures. And he's hol- he's holding a football posed most precariously. Most precariously indeed. Hold hold on a second. Wait, this is, what is the name of your grandfather again? A great-great-grandfather. He was Rand McNally. Rand McNally. The Rand McNally? There are stories of him. Randy Rand. Randy Rand ran away. He was the only person to escape the gladiator games. Yes, he was the first and last to be spared. He made such a noise, but he was so good at having sex with everyone that we spared him because everyone wanted a Peace. Oh, God. It was Fucktown Connecticut for a second. <laughs> That's right. They changed the name of the town to Fucktown Connecticut for just a second, and then he ran away. Did this have anything to do with this fateful game he's writing about? He's talking about competing against their arch rivals. Who were the, the Clybourne Kodiak team arch rivals? Yes, our rivals, the South. Port South Czech. Oh, no, not the South South Port Port South Czech. Oh, I hate them so much. There are many a story about their insidious tactics and their cheating and their deflating balls. Mostly they weren't allowed to live for more than a year, so they got a lot of practice in, and I hate them. They got so good, and their lips were so juicy, and they had such nice legs and... They could just do really cool things with their tongues. Oh, yeah. Cool things. I'm going to stop you for a moment, if you don't mind, Chumley. Sorry, what's up? Cool things with their tongues. Uh, I'm not a sportsman. I'll confess. You know what? Hands in the air. I'll own up to it. I don't know sports that much. What What sort of cool things do you do with your tongues in sports? Well, if you really want to explore this, Vince, um... 
let's see he, they could do like the the um the the cherry twister oh like mm. with the stem with your tongue I've seen that. Yes, in pop except culture. for the stem is your penis, and then the arabesque, <laughs> like you were saying, what was? How does that work? Uh, that is when you do a, a ballet move, but with your tongue on someone's genitals. Yes. How often does that come up in a game of football? Oh, sorry, you must not be used to this. In the olden times, there was always an orgy after every sporting event to show oh. good faith between teams. You guys just do like a handshake and you say like "good game" now. I think. Well, there's a lot of actually fondling of asses in, in <laughs> professional sports. So it's, I think the artifacts are still there from a more sexually repressed time, Elliot. An ass fondle child's play compared to the kinds of things that we would do rustling around and touching uh, nipples. Nipple touching, certainly <laughs> the most sensual of all the physical indulgences. I wonder, Elliot, we live in prudish times and it's no, it's no mistake that the sexual history of our great-great-grandfather has been sort of obscured uh, by our family. It's something we don't want to talk about. And I, I wonder if this was really an important formative moment for him, not only physically, but also physically. I think so. If you look at his old collector rookie card from the Clyborne Kodiak, he I'm looking right him. at it. <laughs> it's him, and he's fondling a guy's nipples. To his credit, he looks firm but gentle. <laughs> but but honestly, to your point, how is that any different from a guy in a baseball card holding a big piece of wood? A poignant point. Most of our baseball cards feature big pieces of wood, but the other kind. Oh, are we talking about like walnut or oak? <laughs> Cherry, oh, you Elliot. know, you dirty boys. Hmm, that's a good one. Well, I, I think we really uncovered um, and maybe even <laughs> divulged a little too much of, of Ram's secrets in, in this journal entry. But I'm curious as to read a letter from one of our listeners. Would Chumley or Clamda do the honor? Uh, sure, yes. We have, a, we have a letter right here. Who's it from, Chumley? Oh, yes. Oh, I know how this works. This is from... Hold on, I know how this works. <laughs> they, they wrote really small. It, it's so small. Let me get my glasses out. Mm. Here it is. Ah, yes. Jessica Chance. She is from Florida, Missouri. There's kiss marks all over this. Ooh, lots of kiss marks. This is so fun. Okay, here, it go, here we go. Dear these parts, you guys have such a fun podcast and I love it so much. I heard that you were visiting the town of Clybourne, Connecticut. Yes, I've heard many a tale of their sporting games and their fun parties and their cool bakeries. But <laughs> one thing I've wondered is, do they have any time to honor their... There's so many kiss marks on this Sorry, this is a lot of kiss yeah, it's marks. it's obscuring all It just letters. gets really, it's a lot, because do they have, oh, this is what, I'm sorry, okay, I'm, I'm seeing it now. All I hear about is the sporting and the bakeries and the parties, but why don't they ever talk about that one movie that was filmed there, Deliverance? <laughs> Vince, we talked about this so many times, we changed this segment, even. We changed the address for people like to reach us. <laughs> We we've done everything that I we thought we could, and uh, we we actually petitioned John Voigt personally <laughs> to get the word out to his fans, his legions of fans, to say, "Hey, <laughs> we're not involved. Stop asking us." But it follows on, and you know what? That's okay. I'll ask. This is a this is a penitentiary that has later turned into a town 
which is later used sports as a sort of a blood ritual to cull the population of the town. But does it have anything to do with Deliverance, the movie? No, it has nothing to do with it. I'm sorry, were you guys trying to stop that from happening? And not that you would, not that you would be expected to know, since you <laughs> have a town to run. But uh, we uh, we've made a conscious decision to try to do uh, try to involve ourselves with the Deliverance community less. Uh, it only annoys their <laughs> fans when we constantly entertain questions. They're great about, people, though. And I I think uh, how do they call themselves? The I think they I think at least a segment of them call themselves deliver ants. Yeah, mm, right. Z. Yeah, no, right. Deliver ants yeah. like the movie ants. Also, they <laughs> like they only like the two movies, Deliverance and then Ants. Yeah, it was a weird cross promotion when you could buy the like <laughs> double DVD pack of ants. Oh, yes, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, I remember when they released the toys in Burger King. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. They had that Deliverance too. toys yeah. at Burger King were so fun. <laughs> Like you would see on the yeah. shelves, there'd be like the double feature of like Fly Away Home and The Princess Bride, and then next to it was Deliverance and Ants, yeah. two classic pairings. I, I think where confusion may be stemming from is the old timey canoe races that happen in the town, and of course, mm. Deliverance right. is known for its famous canoe river scene. So, can you guys talk about that at all? The canoe games or the canoe scene in Deliverance? Preferably the canoe games. Okay. But either, but, <laughs> but actually yeah, either either. either or. Uh, so the canoe games are among my favorite. Uh, so it is uh, sort of like one of your own canoe races uh, in which you know two separate parties are in separate canoes and they are trying to get to point B faster than the other. However, uh, this is. Clybourne, Connecticut. And so uh, how uh, in the ancient times, what canoe races used to be were um, the parties would still be in separate canoes, but they could not use oars. They would have to use team players. So what... At least two team players have to act as the oars, and they must be face down in the water. It cannot be the other way. They cannot use feet as oars. It has to be their heads dunked in the water by their teammates. Yes, this is um, the original way that canoe races were played, but also the original ways that waterboarding was played. (laughs) Yes, waterboarding, another one of my favorite games. I've heard uh, in travel brochures... Um, Clybourne described as Guantanamo Bay beats the <laughs> meets the longest yard, uh, and I have to say those brochures has not have not prepared me for just how true that was. The longest yard, also starring Burt Reynolds, who was in Deliverance. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow! Very good knowledge there. Yes, I've also heard there is a fan community that loves both Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> And the longest yard. And, yeah. And they love deliverance. The, those yes. guys love the longest yard remake with Adam Sandler. It makes so. sense, them being sadistic. Yeah. Uh well, thanks for writing in, Jessica. Uh gotta compliment you both on your prose and the shade of lipstick that you wear. And as always, thank you everyone who wrote in, even if your question didn't get read. We appreciate you being a part of this, you know, being a part of this crazy adventure we're on. And I think Rand would appreciate it too, Elliot, don't you? I think so, Vince. And, you know, we've talked about what you can do to march to your immediate demise here in Clybourne, but we haven't talked about what you can't do in town. I suppose there will be many answers, but I'm excited to hear some in a segment we call You Can't Do That Here. Again, spot on with the inflection. I love it. Uh, I think this is setting us on a trajectory for a great season. 
Listeners, you guys know and love you can't do that here. Obviously, sometimes you go to a town, they still have some outdated, interesting laws on the books, and what better to talk about that in a town that still plays sports the old-timey way. So, Chumley and Clamda, what are some laws that uh, people might run into from out of town? One of, uh, one of my favorite laws that people must abide is if they see something, they have to say something. <laughs> so, so like a, a suitcase that was left in an airport. No, simply anything at all. Simply anything oh. at all. If they see it, they must say something about it. Yes, and this includes even watching the games. <laughs> so these are like prototypical commentators. You must you must remember that there was a there was also a law that you can't make any noise at the games. So this creates a, 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 a stunning cr- roster for the gladiator games. Yes, because you get a stadium full of people mumbling under their breath when they see things because they have to say something about it and they hope to God that the police don't find them. And everyone's learned to do pretty well, but every now and then a whisper gets too loud and becomes a, a smisper. And at that point, you're gone, buddy. I Correct me if I'm wrong, my still fledgling history knowledge of the town, this is how golf commentary is born. You want semi-unintelligible mumbling throughout the entirety of the game. And uh, for most sports, that's not suitable. Yes, actually, that is. This is very. This is very true. Uh, golf, one of my favorite uh, games that we play here, the original version of golf, where it's just like regular golf, but instead of a golf club, you have to use one of the other team players, <laughs> and instead of a golf ball, you have to. <laughs> Have to use, you know what we have to use, Glamda. Yes, another team player. So that's how they used to do it in old time Scotland. Wow, you learn something new every <laughs> Those day. Those Scots. Yes, yeah, because in ancient times there were no, there was nothing. There was only each other. <laughs> we only had each other, and we could all learn something from that. That's what that is what Clyborne is really all about. Is getting back to the roots when we only had each other, mm. and then murdering everyone. Mm, yes. I mean, let's mm-hmm. not let's let's not cheapen the point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. Life finds a way. Life finds a way. Yes. <laughs> to your point, it's a popular theory, not held by most scientists, but by some people, that things weren't invented until well after 1000 BC, and so that means people of ancient Rome didn't have things; <laughs> they only had people to do things with. No, they weren't labored by. Just uh, personal belongings and Mm-mm. objects. Everyone's so obsessed. Ooh, I want this new thing. I want that new thing. Ooh. They didn't have those things in in Rome. They yes. just had the Colosseum and they just had the sharpest knives that anyone could offer in Europe. Which were glares. Glares <laughs> between each other. You know, guys, I expected to learn something about Clyborne, but I didn't expect to learn something about Earth. The whole Earth. And that's what's rewarding about it. I'm interested, we've spoken about laws, and there are some uh, that I don't know if are strictly legal according to federal law, but that's okay. What I'm interested now in is this: is the law of the game. What sort of rules and violations might you not know about? You know how if someone's watching a game of soccer and they see offsides, they're like, well, what does that mean? They don't really get it. What sort of obscure sports rules might not a casual fan understand? Um, well, uh, you can't jaywalk in baseball. So if you see anyone walking 
across the street during a baseball game. That's illegal. That's going to be a foul. You're going to get a penalty for that. You're going to get five minutes in the box if you get caught walking across the street during a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Harsh but uh, fair. In hockey, you can't look right. So you cannot look to your right. If you do, that's it. You're Denzo. You're off off to the games. Yep, now you're part of the ice, and they will drive a Zamboni on over you so that people can see, as an example, your face as they skate over it. Mm-hmm. Don't you dare look right, right, or you'll be joining your friend. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of my other favorite rules is um, in the game of badminton, if you try to feed the bird that you are using to hit over the net, then you will be forced to eat the food that you are feeding the the bird. You're talking about the plastic birdie or shuttlecock. No, we use a real bird, Elliot. We're not cowards like you people. I'm surprised you don't use a a person for this. Are you ridiculous? (laughs) No, the person is the net and also the the bracket and the court. And the court, too. You have several people lying down. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I was lucky enough to catch a a badminton match, um yesterday eve and uh i have to say though it looked as if um most of the participants were suffering in a in ways that i would describe only as cruel it was also majestic to see grown men catching a live bird gently in their mouths (laughs) curling their lips over the teeth so as not to harm the bird and spitting it spitting it over a third man back and forth uh it's it's really what sports are about. It's mastery of the body, it's discipline, and it's and it's mentally compartmentalizing suffering in pursuit of some beautiful performances. And beautiful performances we have seen so many of, Vince. Uh, a law that I was recently accustomed to here was the law that in any sporting uniform, you have to have tons and tons of pockets. That would be frowned upon in the legal nowadays, but... Way back when, there were a lot of trick plays involved with secret pockets sewn into uniforms so you could do maybe like a QB sneak of some kind. But these also spilled over into baseball. So a a player might put the ball in his pocket and round all the bases for a run before the pitcher even realized he he hadn't thrown the ball yet. Yes, I've I've watched modern baseball and I I look at their uniforms and I'm like, where do they put the... Uh, the rubber balls and where do they put the flowers or the the multicolored never-ending strings it doesn't make any sense to me where do the rabbits go they cannot go in those tiny tiny pockets they couldn't fit a rabbit in those tiny pockets not in a million years so i don't understand the game how it's evolved it seemed like (laughs) way back when old-timey baseball and general magic had a lot of crossover. General Magic was one of my favorite players, for sure, yes. His, his rookie card is very interesting. He's holding a rabbit and a giant piece of wood while stroking someone else's nipples. Uh, it's a classic. That that hangs in every one of our homes. Elliot, I'm enchanted. And I, I don't know if it's just the past history of this place, where it intersects almost imperceivably with the, the dark arts, or if it's just the charm, the charm of a simpler time. A charm when, you know, the meaning of a dollar and the meaning of a man's word and the meaning of a human's life all sort of were equitable. But either way, I think we just have a little more to learn. I couldn't agree more, Vincent. Let's do that in a segment we call Did You Know? 
Elliot, I don't mean to be critical. You know I can't take criticism. <laughs> I do know that. I thought inflection was going to be a point of order this year. Okay, well, how would you do it? Did you know? <laughs> that, that was actually way better. That was better. <laughs> it takes a, <laughs> a strong person to say something like that, Elliot, so thank you. Strong in terms of mind, not... So much in Not physically, statement. as they've reminded us multiple occasions. But did you know is our fast fire trivia section of the show where we dissect five fast facts? And who better to start us off than two of the most important people in this town? Chumley, do you have a did you know fact for us? I do. And here it is coming at you faster than a baseball thrown from General Magic. Did you know that... In the town of Clybourne, Connecticut, all of the children are told that they will die from an early age as soon as they can understand it. I, I didn't know that, but I'm assuming they're referring to the gladiatorial games that everyone's sort of marching towards. Sometimes, but also just generally that death is imminent and that it is deserved. Was this a common occurrence, no matter what sport you played in the olden days, that you would maybe die on or off the field? Oh, do people not die in your world? Elliot, I, I was under the impression we live in the same world. Is this is this a new concept for you? People dying, not playing sports. I am struggling to discern if the question is rhetorical because <laughs> because yes, people rarely die in sports. in In modern sports, it's very infrequent, and and it's a it's an international tragedy when it does happen. But maybe Vince, you know, we're being too closed minded again. Maybe people today just aren't giving it their all. Interesting. In, what what say you to this, Chumley? I think that it is good. Thank you. And there you have it. Clamda. I didn't know that, but did you have a did you know fact for us? Oh, of course, yes. Uh, did you know that the town of Clybourne, Connecticut has the most bakeries per capita in the world? In the world. Wow. So you have the most old-timey sports and the most bakeries. Why is this? Um, well, because in ancient times, baking was considered a sport. It is considered a sport still today. As referenced by the Great British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> yep. Something like that. Something like that. Um, all bakers are very pink, and they must bake. And uh, th- this one's an interesting one, because most sports are, are measured by points, scoring, uh, numbers, Baking is totally subjective, so losing is, is really just based on uh, whether or not the judges like you, like you as a person, like your croissants. I think it's it's well known that there's no difference between good baking and bad baking. Yeah, that's that they're sense. essentially the same, right? And so you bring up a good point. How much of the sports in this town devolve into a popularity contest? Oh, all of them. Every single one. And you guys being in charge of morals and morale are kind of at the forefront of this and determining who is the most popular. Yes, yes, we do do that. And uh, I do enjoy it. I will say that Chumley and I tend to pick whoever is the hottest. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. whoever has the tightest bod, <laughs> yes. the kindest eyes. Mm-hmm. And also the way that we decide, you know, we do go back to the gladiator times of the thumbs up, thumbs down. And actually... Thumbs down, it means end them. And thumbs up means have a sniper take them out. Wow, I I didn't know that, and I'm glad I did now. Yes, a thumbs down is usually like a lion death or a tiger death or some kind of trap door into a lion den or a tiger den. 
And then the thumbs up is going to just be a sniper who's going to shoot you in the head or something. Quick and clean. Great. Good to know. Uh, I didn't know that. But did you guys know that aside from Rand McNally, there's actually uh, arguably even even more famous sportsmen historically in Clybourne? Um, Yes. Well, of course, we've talked about General Magic. Yes. uh, General Magic is uh, a clear winner uh, in, in terms of the magic and baseball category. I'm, of course, talking about... Elmer Butts. Elmer was notorious for never remembering what sport he was playing. So you might hear people say like, oh, I really Elmer Butts that one. And that's what happens. It's a saying when when you make a mistake, you do something wrong. So he would always go to a sporting event wearing the wrong gear, bringing the wrong stuff. I think the most famous one was he went to a football game, but he thought it was the biathlon and he accidentally shot everyone. Elmer Fudd is a hero. Oh, we pledge allegiance to him in school. Yes, there's a flag made out of his flesh that is hung up in every school, and we put our hands over our eyes and our hearts. And and we we kiss it ever so gently. Well, I didn't know that. Um, I feel a little ill. (laughs) But also, did you know Clybourne, Connecticut has a little bit of international renown. It's not just famous here in the States. Really, Vince? Wow. Yes. uh, There's a concerted effort in the EU spearheaded by Swiss President Doris Lathurde, who says Clybourne, Connecticut is the greatest single opponent to human rights and decency left on this planet and it must be torn down and stopped at all costs so they're famous kind of in infamy yes yes uh a thousand times worse than guantanamo bay a modern genocide of irreparable proportions is what her formal statement says i also have that quote from that despicable man hanging above my bed so that i can look at it whenever i have an orgasm. You know, I heard George is not very good at canoeing. <laughs> yes, I have heard that as well, Clamda. What a <laughs> asshole. I don't know who George is, but Doris Lathurd, the president of Switzerland, she's probably not thrilled by But you know what? You weren't thrilled by her rendition of, of what it's like to be here in Clybourne. So it sounds Wait, like a little Doris bit Doris or George? Doris. Doris. Her name's oh. Doris. Are you sure it's not George? <laughs> oh, we were talking about her husband. <laughs> Your husband. Whole time. We were talking George. about her husband, George. I, I, I don't know Doris his formal statements George about Doris. Doris. Yeah, yes. We're disappointed that we're on the wrong side of Doris. Yes. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Oh, God. What a mix You might have to change that quote above your bed now. Uh, no, it's still a quote from George. Uh, it still works. They both said it in unison, but Got it. Doris is such a lovely woman. We do not care what she thinks. Well, Vince, <laughs> I didn't know that, but I'd like to bring us home with one final did you know fact. Oh, please. Did you know that it is illegal to wear cleats on any sporting field here, but you have to wear them whenever you are not playing sports? Oh, you don't do that? It was very new to me, and I'm assuming you too, Vince. You guys, you guys put li- you put shoes with little knives on the bottom, and then you go and tear up a perfectly manicured field. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Well, yeah, it gives you traction while playing sports and running away from lions or tigers trying to kill you. Why would you want to give people an advantage like that? How would the lions ever catch them? I guess on that's that a good astu- point. <laughs> on that astute point, I think <laughs> I think the time has come, like, 
maybe like the bell that tolls, I presume, to signal all of the gladiators' upcoming deaths, so should the sun set on this show. Uh, I'm sure you have plenty more gruesome fates to dole out before the day is done, so it's with a, a bright heart, because we'll be leaving, that I say thanks for taking the time. Thanks for spending your day with us. We never went over that interesting cheer that you had. That's us tutting around your body measuring it. Sorry, that's just what we say. We've just gotten done. Pass the time. We've just gotten done. We have all your measurements, and we have come to a conclusion. Well, I think we should come to a conclusion ourselves, Vince, in our final segment. Wish you were here. So, listeners, this is our audio postcard. Not only from us to you, but also to the past, to our great-great-grandfather. And I would be so excited for you both, Chumley and Clamda, to help us uh, write this in real time uh, to to our great-great-grandfather, who would probably be elated to hear that uh, the traditions of a hotbed of his former male lovers still stands today. <laughs> it starts a little something like this. Elliot, why don't you kick us off? Of course I will, Vince. Dear Rand... Wish you were here in Clybourne, Connecticut. Home of a host of individuals who still play sports the old-fashioned way. Home of truth. Home of kindness. Home of finality. Home to all who believe in justice and all who believe (laughs) in using people as objects. And home to some of the greatest sports teams and most unrivaled homoeroticism this country has ever seen. Home to the future graves of Elliot and Vince McNally. Wait, hold on. mob is waiting outside the door to take you to your, your Elliot, chambers start the where RV. you will be suited in armor and many knives and you will have the time of your life. Farewell, Farewell. from, from these, these parts, parts to yours. yours. <laughs>